The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus also told them this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And welcome to this festival Reformation Sunday. It has been over 500 years since the beginning of the Protestant Reformation, since Martin Luther and other reformers like him posed questions, concerns, considerations for the church at that time, which sparked a series of reforms. Reforms in theological understandings of grace, in liturgical practices, in the accessibility of scripture in a common language, and many more, like 95 of them. I love that our Lutheran identity grows out of such reform. Reform is central to who we understand ourselves to be, which means that we are willing to admit at any given moment that we don't have all the answers, but rather this whole faith thing is a process of becoming an ongoing process of reformation. In its roots, the Reformation is the result of minds changed through the repeated reading of Scripture, which brought about new insights. A new insight about focusing on God's faithfulness to us rather than focusing on the ways our works prove our faithfulness to God. God is faithful to us. And no matter how faithful or righteous we, we might strive to be or think we are sometimes, we know that it is by God's grace we are who we are. We will be who we become. It is by God's grace that we are here with all of these other sometimes helpless fools who know themselves well enough to admit that they too are not perfect. We need God. We need one another. And really, there are few places in our world where we gather truly as equals, where what makes us different does not make us more or less than anyone else. But here in this place, here as this people, 
here together. We are in the presence of God, and we are promised that we all have worth and value, not more or less. We all are loved by God, not more or less. We all are sinful, we all are forgiven, we all are welcomed fully. Not more or less, but fully and completely, each of us. And this truth, this truth is both empowering and humbling at the same time. This truth is part of the wisdom, I think, that Jesus offers in our gospel this morning. Wisdom that is both empowering and humbling, as told through a little story, a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector. Once upon a time, Jesus says, there was a Pharisee who prayed, a rather full of himself prayer. Oh, thank you, God, for making me so righteous, so good and faithful. Thank you, God, for making me so smart and so good-looking. Thank you, God, especially for making me so much better than that sorry schmuck of a tax collector over there. Thank you, God, for all of my amazingness. Do any, do any of you remember the Stuart Smalley character back in the 90s on Saturday Night Live? Gazing at himself in the mirror, telling himself, I deserve good things because I'm good enough I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. I mean, Stuart, having a positive self-image is good, healthy even. Being confident that God has given you gifts to use in the world is a faithful expression of discipleship, Stuart. But without a sense of humility, you very well just get lost in your own reflection, Stuart. Without a sense of humility, the once upon a time Pharisee in the parable Jesus tells gets lost in his own reflection, too, in his own success, in his own amazing faithfulness. Thank you, God, that I'm not like her or him. Thank God my sins are small in comparison. Thank God I'm better. But here's the thing. Deep down, what sounds like confidence is really just a desperate attempt at self-justification. Because deep down, I don't think the Pharisee was really even fooling himself. And Stuart Smalley didn't believe the self-affirmations he spoke either. Which is why we need to be reminded over and over again that God has long since named us and claimed us. God has already loved us fully and completely, and God is calling us here in this moment to see that in our reflection, God is there too. In the parable that Jesus tells, the tax collector knows his need for God, for God's grace and mercy. And in humility, he sees beyond his own reflection. I suppose you could say that the Pharisee in Jesus' story is a better role model when it comes to praying often, worshiping regularly, giving money generously, and yet it is the tax collector Jesus lifts up as our example. Because when he looks in the mirror, 
He sees God. He sees his need for God, for grace and mercy and love. When the Pharisee looks in the mirror, all he sees is himself. He doesn't see God. And so then when he looks over at the tax collector, he doesn't see God either. All he can see is someone that is less than, while all the while he's fighting to prove that he is more, that he is enough. Martin Luther might say that he is caught in a vicious cycle of works righteousness, trying to make himself worthy of God, trying to earn somehow his own salvation, while at the same time telling himself he's entitled to every privilege and prosperity as blessings from God for being better. All of it keeping him stuck lost in his own reflection. The older I get, the more I think that a lot of this life of discipleships ends up being about learning a lifelong lesson of just getting over myself. Learning not to get so lost in my own reflection learning to see and trust that God is there too. God is there at work in and through and in spite of me. And this is good news. This is the good, empowering, and humbling news of the gospel. We don't save ourselves. We don't earn God's love. We don't make ourselves worthy. God does. God loves. And over and again in this life of discipleship, the experience of God's grace and love puts to death any of our feeble attempts to try to justify ourselves and raises us up to new life, to see not only God in our reflection, but to see God in and for our neighbor too. Our life of discipleship is a lifelong process of being reformed, dying to sin, sin as in a self-imposed save-myself separation from God, dying to sin and being raised to new life, seeing God in us and for us, and in and for our neighbor too. To quote Martin Luther, This life is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. It is not health, but healing. It is not being, but becoming, not rest, but exercise. We are not yet what we shall be, but we are growing toward it. The process is not yet finished, but it is going on. This is not the end, but it is the road. All does not yet gleam in glory, but all is being purified. The Christian life is a process of becoming, not an absolute goal to be achieved or something that we can perfect, but rather a process of becoming, a process with God as our sculptor. You and I are beloved little clumps of clay, ever and always being remade, So the next time that you look in the mirror, may you see God right there with you ever hard at work, 
May you see God's love and grace working in you, and may you see your neighbor where God's love and grace is fully at work too. Amen.